Growth stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit, adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, win or learn, always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From service academy fleet leaders, NFL players, NASCAR drivers, tech gurus, private equity, small business, big business, to the entrepreneurs making the way of the future. Winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity, paying the price of admission. Let's go. In the beginning, uh, there was but one Cameron Marshall. Uh, first episode guest. Technically, it's the number two episode, but um, you know, when I started thinking about doing this and I was talking to you guys about it, I was like, man, I got to get Cam on here first because not only, um, you know, your story and like how the the group, the focus group, um, all kind of looked up to you. Um, and it wasn't just, you know, peers seniors uh, folks below you things like that that was one big contributor the second one is your ability to communicate it's pretty freaking good dude like when you talk you know what you're talking about um not well, just I like i can talk but whether i know what i'm talking about so... <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's also, a different question you know, one of those lifelong things that you just always keep learning about and all that but at the same time um, you know, you're way up there from a, from a communication standpoint. And when I named that first episode, I went back through it. And then the thing that stood out to me was breaking it down shotgun style. Cause that's what you did. Um, during that conversation talking about, you know, the focus topic. Right. So, uh, really looking forward to catching up today, dude. Um, you're, uh, as you said, on the price of admission, the definition is important to explore. And, and, you know, I think we keep doing that. There are three key, key themes that pop out to me uh, across all the episodes that pop out. Um, sacrifice, one, yeah. suffering, two, and pain, right? So it's fun to talk about those things because a lot of people don't. Um, so excited to, to continue on with the, with the original definer of that. So... Um, you didn't get a memory section in the last one because, you know, I was developing this process and uh, trust in the process. And what I've found is the memory section is good for a lot of people. Um, and I got a few for you today. I know it was a 24-hour turnaround from the idea of doing this to now. But I got stuff from one, two, three, four, five folks. Real Tony, quick. I'm like uh, I'm like George Costanza. I don't want to be remembered. I want to be forgotten, you know. I, uh, <laughs> I got you. I don't <laughs> I don't, but, uh, but yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, um, the, the impact that you've laid down on a few folks is important to talk about kind of like talking about the price of admission. Um, first one, Justin North, um, uh, a recent guest. He, uh, so we were at the prep school in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, there's this group of Mustang prior enlisted guys. Justin was one of them. Um, Marine, um, Justin got promoted to corporal at NAPS. Um, put on his butt strap. Yeah, that's the story. Here we go. Um, he had my roommate, uh, you know, at the academy, Ryan Marco, and you pin him. Um, 
with his new rank. Um, but he was an air wing guy where things were less in, you know, intense than the grunts. Uh, and after that promotion for him, you and Steve Sefuentes pulled him aside. He thought he was going to get like some words of wisdom, like, all right, guys, this is no, tell me all about it. I'm ready. Let's, you know, I'm ready to step up to the plate. He said, I thought they were going to, you know, give me those words of wisdom um, as a new NCO. Um, he just, that, that you guys just kicked the crap out of him. Uh, this is the Grunt, grunts don't have grunts don't have words of wisdom. We just beat the hell out of people. <laughs> the the blood stripe story. So give us some context there on what what's the blood stripe tradition in the Marine Corps. Uh, I'll tread softly on this because the the tradition has uh, changed a little bit. Changed and and you could say rightfully so. I wouldn't say rightfully so. Um, I am, I am of the opinion that, uh, this idea that we're, we're constantly progressing towards a more enlightened society, uh, and that we're, we're discarding some of the old ways, uh, to our benefit, um, uh, is something that people say, but that the, the pudding is not quite, uh, turning out the way that we want the pudding to turn out. So, um, were we a little bit more, uh, uh, were we a little less enlightened back then? Yes. Uh, were we a bit more in line with the Neanderthals than we are of, of, of today's, um, more advanced society? Yes. Uh, were we more prepared for the brutality, uh, and the extreme uh, and I think near unbelievable level of viciousness uh, that will be required in a conflict with somebody across the Pacific Ocean. Um, are we more prepared today than we were then? No, we're not. And I think part of it has to do with uh, the discarding of some of those more archaic uh, and uh, Neanderthalic uh traditions yeah do we need to beat the heck out of young men to turn them into ncos no we don't that said when you ask justin north what his 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 memories um i mean yes of me but of of formative memories like when, when you ask guys memories he brought about guys that what what the, what comes up in their mind isn't like that guy necessarily it's like this was a formative moment in my life. That guy had that, had that, you know, had a, had a tangential relationship with, with that memory. Right. Right. And so for Justin North, uh, who is one of the most amazing people on the planet, yes. um, so I got truly on. one of the, tr truly one of the, the, the last tough guys, you know, I mean, we talked for about sure. him, uh, and you did, you touched on that about, about Justin North as kind of that guy. He like held that legacy, that kind of Bob McLaren legacy um, at prep school. He was just, you know, he's a gunner, he was stout. He's a special teams, just, just, uh, you know, just a total tough guy. And, it, and there's not a single person who knows Justin North that wouldn't say they want him 
on the front lines if we're going to battle tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's not well, the guy you want on the other side of the line. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's sure. right. And there's not a single, there's not a Chinaman in the world who, if they knew Justin North, would be like, "Boy, I'd really like to go up against him." They wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Well, part of that, part of the thing that makes him what he is, part of the thing that made a lot of us what we are, are those types of events, right? It's never the like, oh, that time when that guy put his arm around me and told me everything was going to be okay. It's like, oh, that guy who brought me in, he was going to tell me, I thought he was going to tell me something, and he really just beat the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> well, I beat the hell out of him because I love Justin North. Every single, every single strike that I hit him with was was a blow of pure love and that's how all those ncos used to conduct it i got i can't tell my story on this podcast because you don't have to it would spur up yeah it would spur an investigation um but those guys loved me those yeah. guys that did that to me they loved me and had and and you know uh i knew it because a couple months later we were in iraq and those guys loved me um yeah and Good I stuff. love Justin. I love Justin North, and uh, and and he he knows it, thanks to that yeah, event, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, after that, he he also said, you know, it's embarrassing to like kind of say now tying into that, um, but he was really proud as he limped out that day. Um, he really looked up That's to right. you guys. Um, story of the of the blood strike, also. When North went through IOC, he was really struggling, you know, both physically and mentally, uh, just kind of doubting himself and started thinking about the conversations he had with you, um, usually over a beer or three, um, about what it took to be a grunt in combat. Thinking, and he remembers thinking to himself, man, I really need to be a tough dude I mean, to be a tough mf or uh to lead guys like that um and those thoughts really helped him get through and put putting that that you know crying baby aside and get back to work so that's justin north next guy um dude I, I reached out to this next guy maybe four hours ago immediate response <laughs> eric montgomery we called him emo um, he said, talking about you, the moment you meet the guy, you know, he's a special leader, um, between your <laughs> separate, separate story here is between your freshman and sophomore year, you really kind of changed a little bit. Um, you met a girl, <laughs> that girl's name is Amanda. And, uh, I'm going to pull a quote from your first episode. This is different. Um, <laughs> He saw a lot of commitment there in your, you know, leadership or not, not so much leadership. I don't know why I said that, but, um, your demeanor, um, around that commitment with, with her and it kind of improved your posture. Um, another memory, a time in Arabic class, you had to do a presentation and, and shared the stories of Iraq. Um, you and him served in the, in the same AO different, you know, different units um but kind of side by side um it was a a special and healthy tone that you guys were able to share during that presentation about the culture you know because back in that time it was like there was a 
there was a tone that was totally different amongst a lot of people around that culture. Um, because, you know, the, the stigma was there, Iraq and, um, you know, Islam, um, that y'all were able to kind of say, dude, 95% of these folks are real people. They want the right things, right? They're just like you and me. There's this little, you know, and every, every bucket has a sour apple type of deal. Um, that, that was, um, good for y'all to, to talk about that and the Q and a and, and all that stuff. So, uh, wanted to bring that one up, but yeah, I, well, like all, like, like any man that's, that's worth, um, you know, anything more than a bucket of sand, uh, you know, uh, you meet a, you meet a girl and, uh, and she does change your life. Um, and, uh, man, you know, I know that's the case for you. Uh, it's definitely the case for me. Uh, it's the case for, uh, for most men that are, that are men. Uh, and that's because we were designed, um, to be, uh, to be united with, with, uh, with someone who, who balances us, right? Like I'm a, I'm a savage. Uh, my wife is, um, is not, <laughs> you know? yeah. and so, yeah. Uh, and well, all the, the sweetest ladies I've ever met. <laughs> I say ladies. I hope she didn't get mad at me for saying well, that. Well, our our Amanda's have you know. I mean, they they've gotten better uh, with every passing day, and uh, and they, you know, they spent a lot of time together, uh, and and I'm sure through their friendship uh, and the conversations that they had, they they've made us. Well, I know for a fact they've made us a hell of a lot better. You and I, um, and. True uh dude we'd be nothing without them um yeah. and then for emo i mean man what do you say about that dude what a you know what a just a freaking amazing american yeah and, the reason uh, why i reached out to him i knew he is like I, well, I, I don't know all of his story but maybe i get him on here one day golly what an incredible guy you got to get him on the podcast and and uh for sure i mean you know i mean what him and his brother you know went through and and uh you know, that, that part of life. But I mean, I think emo and I both at that time were just crying out for, we were crying out for, for a different policy. You know, we, we knew, we knew that the Marines could, we knew that we could win it, but the way that we were fighting, it wasn't going to, wasn't going to cut it. And, uh, sure, well. and it took, it was going to take a different approach. Um, and I think we eventually found that approach, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, boy, that guy's, the guy could do laps around me, you know, with his brain. So, uh, smart guy for dude. sure. Oh my goodness. Love that guy. Next memory, Clint Sobe. Um, you know, obviously you said you're a good, Clint's too old for memories. Clint's getting too old for memories. Yeah. yeah and he has, years, CT, and he has CTE. So like, if you ask him anything, he gets all mad, <laughs> <laughs> he, like starts screaming what's, at you. What's CTE? <laughs> I, I should deal with like beating your head and stuff, right? I shouldn't joke about it because we probably a lot of us probably have it. Yeah, the only Clint way to figure that out it, though is like after death. I was I looked into it. Yeah, I mean it's not a joke. I mean it's not a joke, but if you can't joke about it, right? Like, what's the whole point? Um, <laughs> no, Clint. That's the thing. Clint's like, I think I have CT. I'm like, Clint, you were a maniac when you were 19. You're a maniac now. Like, you're you're. You were unstable then. You're unstable now. It's not like 
cracking your skull against things for the better part of your life didn't do that you were you came out of the unstable world. but no unstable. character flaws of you know integrity um you know composure i just did a uh, secret clearance uh interview with a guy the other day so we want to make sure that clint's uh story is clean <laughs> no clint is uh and again it's like one of these things i was actually just talking about clint the other day because uh, guys were asking me about playing ball and uh and i was talking i was like going through this litany of lists guys that i was like yeah i mean they're total like maniacs as ball players and they just turn into these just incredible marine officers you know and, they, and yeah. uh you know not about not about making some world-class joe first first class midshipman it's about making great marine officers and man look at a great marine officer clint Sobey. no doubt he said um you were the perfect mix of meathead and intellect. Um, like a walking movie. Like that. <laughs> That's a new one for me. I like that. Walking movie. That's pretty pretty cool. Um, even I'll take that one. Your... <laughs> All right, here's the next one, though. See if you'll take this. Even with his gray hair, his locks are um, awesome. Hey, uh, it's, he... about, it's about pomade. You know, you got to use enough pomade. It's about control. You want nice, to good control. Nice. So you're working on that. I like it. You got to use uh, more pomade, Tony. That's all it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a product thing. It's just, um, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like Botox for men. You know, you just put some pomade in your hair. I don't care. You'll look 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. Um, yeah. so back, back to Clint, he, um, you know, all kidding aside, um, you know, that you were the one that folks looked up to. Um, you were his first salute, right? Cause right. he, he graduated a little bit Man. before. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, um, no better honor for him. Um, you know, from the dudes across the board, the team, the seniors look up to you just as much as the freshmen did, um, that you were calm and strangely collected. Um, even in rage mode, he always speaks wisdom. Uh, when calm or worked up, you know, all around, great dude. So that's the the Soviet piece. Yeah, I didn't know what I didn't know what uh, what real hard work was um, until I started working out. I think maybe junior year, me and Clint got paired up for workouts. Me and Clint, yeah. and Craig Schaefer. And Clint could bench more than me. Dude, those guys. I mean, I can remember getting done with workouts and just be and just thinking, like, uh, my body has never been pushed like this, and, and probably never will again. I mean, those guys taught me yeah. a different level, you know, how to take it to a different level. And uh, Clint and I go, we uh, while we were in Quantico, we would go go get lunch, uh, you know, together once every I don't know a month or two. Um, nice. And it was man, it was just it was another one of those things like I was talking about in the original podcast where it was like. I recognized and it took a little bit of time, you know, you're removed from it, but I just recognized like, man, I got to I got to I've got to get plugged back in. And your podcast has been a big part of that. Cause you can listen to guys, even if you're not calling them on the phone, it's like, it's like you're sitting in the room with them. Yeah. Um, but Clint and I were in, we're both in Quantico. So it's like, man, uh, you know, like, and Dell, Dell Robinson was there. Like Dell, we, we were all in, uh, I can't remember what restaurant we were in, but Dell like popped in. Some like chick was trying to talk to me. Some, some, you know, I don't, uh, there's some, there's some Marine trying to talk to me. 
and I'm like, yeah, shut up. Like I'm talking to these guys. <laughs> I just wanted to hang out. You know, it's like <laughs> these guys, I played with these guys. Focused like, on what's love. important. I just want to hang out with these guys. Yeah. But, uh, Del Robinson, I would, uh, I, I shot him a text the other day. I got buffing coming up. Key tri- yeah. Uh, buff. I was going to try and grab a, a memory from Dell, um, but you know, maybe later. Dude, I ran, I uh, ran into buffs. I ran into buffs wife in Quantico. Um, and yeah, she told me he like tore, he tore his like, I think he, uh, Maybe his Achilles or something like that, like playing Goodness, basketball, because he's still like he's still like hooping. And there's like, a reason they call stuff. it an Achilles heel. Yeah, I know. When he goes, he goes. It's like, it's like why is Buff still playing ball? Like, stop, stop. You're too old. Yeah, I call Just it. Stop. I had to push. Uh, I originally had it scheduled with them on you know this week on on Thursday. I was like, dude, I got this opportunity. I got to go meet with some people, um, a group of entrepreneurs, and they're thinking about starting mm-hmm. this thing up. And I was like, I really got to go do this and. I called him and I could tell he was like, "Hello." <laughs> I said, like, "You're at the gym, aren't you?" He's like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> I bet you he's in phenomenal Putting shape. Putting that work. Still, but... Yeah. All right, next guy, Austin Milky. He said to ask you about the boxing gloves at, at, at Naps. <laughs> so we had to. Uh, so Coach Williams, um, the bus, the man. I love the bus. Um, maybe a good guy to have on, although I don't know what the, he meant, maybe he has a sour taste in his mouth because he got he got kind of he got a sour deal. He should have he should have come up to coach, but um yeah, that sucks. But, yeah, but uh but I mean a huge, you know, a, a towering figure in in all of our especially the guys that are in that Napso line's life because he he was um I mean he's just a great coach, phenomenal coach. And uh so he had the he had the knockdown gloves. So after every game the guy with the most knockdowns um, got the gloves. Got the got the gloves, and you know, like, dude, I don't know. I could cut because because I'm six foot six. So it's like if I freaking you know if I could if I could really elongate yeah, your my trajectory body, once you hit the yeah. Launch if button. I could elongate my body, <laughs> it's like Go. my body is still moving while guys are kind of in the air and they can never really regain their footing. Um, I couldn't do anything else. You know, heaven help you if it was like you know uh, if I had to protect backside, but. Um, but yeah, I could cut, and I don't know. I like, but Austin, of course, was leading. Well, it was like between Austin and and Ose, um, through most of the season, um, or Jeff. It would like go back and forth. Uh, Curtis always had all these pancakes, but he he wasn't cutting very often, you know, because he's hip to hip, you know. Uh, and um, and then when we played Lackawanna, <laughs> dude, Coach Williams called. The lack one of the game where you saved us all, Tony. Yep, you said that again. I don't you, understand you, it. You saved us all. I have no memory uh, of that. Dude, what a great pick. Um, uh, I mean, the defense, you guys just stout. I mean, offense, we couldn't move the ball at all. But we finally got one drive. I think we scored a touchdown, maybe two. That I mean, that game was just, it was brutal. You know, we're like playing in tennis shoes with our, because uh, he yeah. like spatted us that, up, spatted up our, that, our tennis shoes. So we practiced our cleats all year. Yeah, and it's like all right, all right. Now we have a new, um, I guess, a new arena to play inside, right? Like, so here's this new environment. All of a sudden, and they're like, "Here's your, here's your new uh, basketball shoes." And they're like, "Yeah, all that's right. right." We just they're they're all like goodwill <laughs> basketball shoes, you know? Like, all right, find your size. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna go do what we normally do on this brand new surface that you've never practiced on. So that's oh, fun. that game was just you know it was like a thousand degrees on the turf. Everybody's just yeah. I'm just shredded, but uh, Coach Williams, 
I think it was either spread 12 or spread 13. I can't remember if I was, if I was playing left tackle or right tackle, you know, what, regardless. But he called, you know, like straight, just like bare bones option, spread 12 or spread 13, whatever it was, I was backside. And he called it like 13 times in a row. And we'd move the ball like with Sugar Shane. We'd move the ball like yeah. two and a half yards. Uh, you know what we're going to, you yeah. know exactly what's coming. Buckle up. <laughs> and so there's this like, just gangster, you know, five technique that I'm playing against guy probably still in the league. Um, but we just kept running that backside. And for whatever reason, I can knock this dude down on a backside cut, um, nice. you know, as a four eye. And He's I in the league. like I single handedly in that game. I won anyway. So at the end of the season, the guy with the most knockdowns, you know, every week you held the gloves until uh, until the next week, until whatever guy won that game. But whoever had the most in total. Uh, got to keep the gloves, so I still have the gloves, man. Like they're still, nice. they're downstairs. They're in the garage, and that's not Dude, even like one of those things. That, you have to yeah, pull those up here on camera here in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we'll, you know, <laughs> as we close out. You yeah, know, well, I don't you know. want to rub it into Austin's face, you know, because it's like yeah. you know, rubbing his I'll, nose, I'll rubbing cut his nose out the, in the, it. The downtime, Cause, just because Austin, Austin won like knockdown count on like every other, you know, like almost every other game, and then just that one game, lack of honor, like I ran up the count, ran up the score. And, I, and then I got it at the end of the season. So he's pretty, he's nice. still pissed about that. But it's not my <laughs> That's fault. That's why he asked me to ask you about it. It's because it's right. I'm small and weak, and I was on the back side, and they couldn't run me front side. You're not small. Because I was getting, I was getting You're the tallest by that linebacker. So, but, <laughs> so, <laughs> so weakness bore out, and I got the most cuts, and I got the knockdowns. So. You, know, you figured out how to – you figured out how to make the most <laughs> – you know, like life gives you a That's a serious thing, know? though. Like, you got to make the most out of your situation, right? Like, that's why we started right. this podcast in the first place. That's right. right. I'm just going to blow um, this dude's knee out so he doesn't go to the league. Yeah. <laughs> he also said, hey, you know, ask Cam, you know, how uh, your DC sponsor outings were um, as a sponsor of this guy named Eddie. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Ed. I, I was thinking when you were like, dude, let's just, let's just do this thing real quick. We'll pull the trigger. And, uh, <laughs> I was thinking the last podcast that we did, I mean, that subject never even came up. The other thing that just never came up was, was Mike Matthews, yep. you know, who like, you know, there's no, there's after no, every single a, episode I do, there's typically a, I wish I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is like, so I spoke for an hour do it. and, didn't mention the most influential dude in my life besides my brother, nice. which is Mike Matthews. Um, but like Oss and Mikey and Sander, um, you know, we were, and, and then all the upperclassmen like, like pick, um, Rob called, you know, Robbie Caldwell, Matt Wimsat, um, uh, Hummy, you know, our sponsor, everybody knew Ed, um, Ed was a high roller and, um, and that do? was what's that what do you do like for a living ed was, lawyer, so right? ed was the senior litigator for steptoe and johnson um which is a, a firm in washington dc and uh he, he worked for the reagan administration he um jeff you know, i won't shoot that i won't get yeah well that's right and, and jeff loved ed um but uh ed was ed was is probably the most powerful guy i've i've ever known um you know ed could I could snap his fingers and make something happen. Um, uh, and he just, he just loved guys, man. 
he just took care of us like the, in dark times when you were there as like a freshman or a sophomore, you know, whatever, like when I broke, broke my foot, uh, freshman year and, you know, I missed that whole, like all the way up to Notre Dame. Uh, I was looking season. at, uh, pictures today, um, after the, the air force game, maybe our sophomore <laughs> year and you had the, you had the boot on. I was going to try and figure out how to Bob. share a picture on this platform because I'm going uh, to, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm going to pull up some new technology today. Oh yeah. Uh, when I say new technology, some new capabilities <laughs> that were under my nose. I never really looked at. We're going to flash back to your first episode on a couple of occasions. Oh really? Um, okay. But yeah, go, go back to your story. I just said, well, but anyway, yeah, I mean, that. well, that, that, that's a funny, me and Bob, me and Bob were watching the air force game from the box together and everybody else is like in ed's box this is ed's box ed had a box at the stadium he has a, he has box number one uh nice. in the whatever those stands are you know back when there was only just the the box the end zone stand boxes now there's like yep <laughs> boxes everywhere but um and so uh bob mclaren and i watching together everybody else is like back there talking and drinking and everything like that you know bob bob's a psychopath you know He's plugged in, and, and uh dude you made that tackle um uh you know i i can't remember third huge third down uh you made that tackle um there's a guy that played for the air force team that that day his name is nick charles and i'm pretty sure that was that play and yeah he's gonna get on he's my one of my next guests gonna be on the podcast (laughs) yeah well that's one of the good dudes and and, you know I, i when i get on here i think I'll never talk bad about a person, and that's not what I'm trying to do. That guy whooped my tail almost the entire game. Solid guy. Not that play, dude. Not that play. And Bob and Sometimes, I. Sometimes, uh, every every now and then, a blind squirrel finds a nut. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the story of my life. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, anyways, I can remember people looking, because Bob Claren and I are just going ballistic, literally, like, jumping over the you know, jumping over the bleed in the box, like just like acting like total savages. Uh, and then when we won, I, I literally ran down the stair or ran down those stairs, you know, there and jumped over the jump over the wall. I remember on there. On the I, field I, I actually, so like, I can't remember Lackawanna, but I remember that. <laughs> well, some dude, it was the same thing. It was like some guy from crowd control or whatever was like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, I play, get the out, out of my way. <laughs> like, yeah. like, hey, get this dude out of the I'm way. On the VIP list. Yeah, I was like, check my stature. Like, I play. I mean, not really, but I'm on the team. Like, I literally just chucked this dude. Me and Bob hopped the hopped the wall, jumped out on the field, and I had a boot. Like, I just <laughs> threw my crutches. I was, man, I was so jacked. But um, Ed just, uh, Ed just constantly took care of guys, and it was one of the most. Uh, it was one of the most important moments of my life. Uh, one becoming uh, roommates and and best friends with Mike Matthews, and two getting brought in by that group. Because, um, dude, I mean that's that's what I spent. I spent my you know five years at Navy just surrounded by you know Anthony Piccioni and and freaking, yeah, you need to talk him into getting on here too. And I you know I, can't I texted him a couple of times to pick after I did the last. Uh, after I did the last podcast, Pick just cold called me at like 11 on a Tuesday. Yeah, he asked you know? me for your number. Yeah, he's like, hey, dude. <laughs> it's like I was walking out to my car. It was like, I mean, just snap, you know, I was like getting called at 11, you know, by Anthony Petroni. I haven't talked to this guy in 11 years, but it was like we hadn't even, awesome, you know, dude. we didn't skip a step. But that was, you know, and that was because of Ed. I mean, it was because of Mike, but um, 
and so I spent those years with with him and Oss and and uh, and Mikey and and Hummy and um, you know Hummy's another one I want to get on here. So if you can yeah, help with that, Matt Wimsat, dude, Wimsat, Matt yep. Wimsat, he's off the um, grid. He is off the grid. I love it. Wim called me too. Um, just you know these guys, uh, and and it was because Ed Ed just gave everything he had to these guys. I mean he he could have just lived this life of luxury, man, and he just he just always took care of us. Um, an incredible man um and uh yeah yeah i'll get worked up talking nice. about ed well i'm sure he'll come back up here throughout the rest of this but let's keep moving um okay. so that was it with with austin milky the the last two and i did try to reach out to mike he said he was you know 24 hour turnaround from the time we said let's do this to now yeah yeah well, was fast, um, he's out yeah. in the field uh intermittent cell phone service yeah dude he's out of Japan. time man those guys are freaking he's he's off the grid he's like a, he's on big island or he's uh, up at fuji or something like that just shooting big guns you know yep that's what artillery shooting does. rockets now probably you know but. take takes a guy like uh mike matthews to to do that type of job and i'm glad he's over in that region right now mm -hmm. um Jordo and Jeff, so they had the same thing uh, come up here, and uh, he said, "Ask him more about his Johnson and Johnson shot, or or was it the Pfizer one?" Um, and how are you feeling today after that shot? And you don't have to go into that. I just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> hey, look, uh, I'll say this about the shot, um, and that is that. At some point in my life, and it's probably due to those guys, quite frankly, it's due to the, the Jeff Lenars and the, the Jordan Stevens and the Mike Matthews. At some point in my life, I just decided I was going to devote myself to the things that were real and truthful. And I was going to pursue with a meat cleaver all things uh all things rooted in a lie. And uh, I I read some things pretty early on in the COVID deal that that I couldn't unread. Uh, and I, I, I knew some things that I couldn't unknow and realized pretty quickly that uh, that it was most of it was based on a lie. Not all of it, but most of it was based on a lie. And I, I cannot um, I cannot stand a lie man and so it's the same, same thing you know that Jordo would would tease me about when i when i get all spun up or or Nishak's always mocking me because i just get louder and louder and start talking louder and faster Nishak's <laughs> <laughs> but if it, i tell you if there's something that i hear that i think is untruthful not not that the person is untruthful but what is being said is untruthful i cannot yeah. i cannot abide it and the that trend, thing a concept the whatever it is yeah policy some, some yep. Yeah, some something, some some uh, you know misconceived notion, something that gets repeated oft, but is is totally unfounded, and I cannot abide it. And that thing, I could not abide. And uh, 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 so, yeah, I'm glad I'm still a pure blood. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, I, I think there needs to be a reckoning on what happened that on, on what, what took place in our country. Uh, but you know, I guess probably now and on this podcast isn't the place for it, but there, 
but I, I will I will be seeking a reckoning, and I think we should all be seeking a reckoning uh, for what transpired uh, over the past two to three years um, over something. When you, seek that a re- was, uh, when you seek that reckoning, what kind of risks, like you talked about, like at some point it's not now, right? Like how do you know when the now is on that? And, yeah, and I, I, that's a good, that's a great question, Tony. Um, I think that I think that that time is running out for it, and so uh, and so we need to have a reckoning, you know, pretty quickly because there's 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 I don't just mean politically, but I just think in the in the collective memory of Americans, right? We all want to put that behind us. It's very yeah. important that we do not. It's very important that we remember how close we came to the edge um, and that the things that took place there have not really been undone. Like yeah. no one has stepped in and done anything to make what transpired unthinkable in the future or undoable or unachievable in the future. Yeah. The, the, the exact same powers, the exact same, uh, um, you know, sheep mentality exists and we are primed as a society to go headlong into that again and nobody has really done anything about it so um so i'm after that event and after all the shots i've i've definitely witnessed some changes in some folks that was like hey this this person used to be like this and they're not that way anymore and maybe there's something else going on there but like it's not just one person you know okay this group of like i'm all you know this this person's shot boosted 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 and that's the worst case scenario in my mind my personal you know no you're not crazy and this is the thing like this idea that we're all we're all being told we're all being gaslit you know that the lies are just getting so outlandish where it's like look i like i'm not i'm not blind i'm literally not blind like i literally have eyes and i can perceive the things that are in front of me and don't tell me the things that i'm witnessing aren't happening don't tell me that. I refuse. I refuse to allow that. I refuse to allow you to tell me that the things that I'm witnessing are not occurring. They are occurring, mm-hmm. uh, and we should be honest about that. And when somebody tells me that the things that I can see plainly with my own eyes are not occurring, uh, I, I take offense to that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> to those guys, um, I. Um, I'm going to brawl for the truth. Uh, and sometimes I'm going to lose, uh, but I'm going to brawl for the truth. And and I think we need to, man, because um, we can all see with our own eyes what's happening to our, to, to, you know, to our communities, to our, to our friends, to, to people that we love, to our family, that's the things that are happening. And this isn't just COVID. It's like just in life. And we've got to start brawling for the truth. And COVID was a, was a massive, massive lie uh, on a bunch of different levels. Not the actual, not the actual virus itself, you know, but like everything one step removed from it was just a massive lie. And nobody's nobody's been like, "Yeah, you guys are right." Like, yeah, that's the lied. power of the uh, power of media. Yeah, so they're media. just like they're just like, "Oh, it's over now, right?" Okay, everything's and, good. I mean, it's the way that it's the way like it was approached with me, which was like, "It's over now. We're good, right?" And no, we're not good. We're not good. There needs to be a reckoning. Um, maybe now is not the appropriate time, but they're 
there will be a reckoning. There needs, there must be a reckoning for what, what was done to a lot of our fellow citizens, what was done to people that we love and, and care for, and what was done to us and what was done to our liberty. Um, you know, you can, you can go anywhere else in the world and have the government and the authorities and the church and the whatever, pick your, pick whatever authority there is, uh, have pretty much total dominion and control over you. There's only one place in the yep. world where that is not the case. And that's this place. It's called America. Uh, it is the exception. Um, literally it's the, it is the global exception to that where we, when yep. that was transpiring, we were the only place in the world where we could point to something this the declaration of independence first and foremost, and then the constitution and say, no, not here. No, not here. And thankfully it took some time, but that won out. We need to realize that and then have a reckoning for the people who thought that you could just wave, wave your hand at that and say, no, we need to behave like everyone else. Well, no, we don't. In fact, we need to be the one outlier. We historically have to be the one outlier. Uh, and, um, and we need to, we need to take that on. That, that's, that's incumbent upon us. That is our responsibility as Americans. That's our birthright is, uh, is to continue to maintain the fire of Liberty that it burns bright. Uh, and we almost extinguished it, dude. And that's, that's a bad, bad thing. So, um, We'll transition to better stuff rather than COVID <laughs> stuff, but that's this guy. This is this, 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 this was this was my. I room. got you in a it was like hole. every night. It was like Jordo Jordo <laughs> would like roll a grenade in and then walk away. You know, he'd like. <laughs> when you say you roll a grenade in, what do you mean by that? Like Jordo would just be like, you know what I think, and he'd say something. To, to, you know, he could say something like two words. Throw that humor out you know? there. Yeah, that's right. But it makes you think like, about it. Yeah, yeah. He would just be like, "Well, I think we should just have open borders," and then he'd like walk away. Jordan Jordan Stevens is one of the funniest guys I know, but he's also really, really freaking smart. Oh my gosh. Uh, But he, he leads with that, um, that humor and it just rubs off on so many people that that's what people take away. Right. So every night of my life, every night of my life, they don't just, you know, three years. He's one of your roommates. That is that dude. Yeah. Just, I mean, God's gift uh to this planet in humor i mean and one of the most <laughs> and probably one of the most loyal humans on earth as well if i had uh jordan stevens in my room um earlier i'd probably be less you know um i won't say aggressive but like less concerned about some of the minutiae so yeah i know but he'd always get me spun up on minutiae <laughs> <laughs> He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, it's because it's he didn't care about it. Anymore. All right, let's transition. I'm ready to transition. All right, okay. so <clears throat> I uh, I want to do this new tech thing. I'm going to try it out, and I'm going to flash back to your your conversation on the price of admission. First guess, um, you know, I recalibrated, you know, a couple days ago last night and re-listened to the episode, and I was like, man, it's still good. It's still awesome. Stand up um, test so time. I want to bring that back up here, and I'm going to play it so it's five minutes. So um, if you want to say something in the middle of it, just give me one of these, and we'll we'll stop it. But, um, you know. We'll just let play. it ride. We'll let it ride. We'll let it ride. Five minutes of, of amazingness. Here we go. Asking the, the crowd, wait, what should we call this thing? You came up with the price of admission. 
Baller. What does that mean to Cameron Marshall? And then we'll jump into your story. Yeah. Um, well, again, you know, kind of like I said, I can't really, I can't claim it. You know, that's Clint Bruce, who, who I think was the first person I ever heard use that term. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't think I ever heard Clint uh, give it a definition. Which Who's Clint Bruce? <laughs> Clint Bruce, the mighty Clint Bruce, uh, class of 97, I guess team of 96, the Hula Bowl team, you know, freaking epic, you know, Joe Speed, all the, you know, all those, these guys that, that, that really, I would say paved the way to modern Navy football, the, the modern era of, of Navy football. They're, they're kind of the, that class is kind of the godfathers along with, along with the, the 2004 team and, and, you know, Bob McLaren and, and Lane Jackson and, you know, Kyle Axel and all those guys. Well, that's probably another step you know, in the, in the Jackson era or sorry, in the, in the Johnson era, but, um, yeah, Clint, Navy seal, you know, just like, uh, just, uh, the, he's kind of the embodiment of Navy football and, and, and at least for us, you know, yep. growing up and, and, uh, growing up in the program and, you know, Clint Bruce walks into Bellino. It's, it's even, it's probably more important than Roger Staubach walking into the, the locker room, at least the guys who, who, when you say the term price of admission, that that, that kind of hits their heart a little bit, um, or not a little bit, but and maybe that's what it is. You know, it's like, like all the, like a lot of really great terms, the price of admission is probably a little bit easier to maybe sense and feel than it is to define. Um, and so, you know, you're sitting in Bellino halfway through camp or halfway through spring ball or like three quarters of the way through a season, you're like down 25 pounds and coming off whatever surgery. And Clint Bruce says, uh, you know, the price of admission and everybody kind of like nods like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I get you know, it. I'm <laughs> I, you know, like I, that, like enough said, don't really need to, to, you know, there are some things that are maybe best left unsaid. Um, but, you know, assuming that one, it's important for us to kind of talk about these things, right? Because um, what what happened to us, what we did to one another, what we what we did, and what we continue to kind of live uh, is important to. It's kind of important to explore. So, um, so trying to give it a definition, I think, is probably important. Um, you know, and it's uh, <laughs> it's also a term that's it's interesting. It has has a different connotation whether you're like you know it's 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 uh whether it's in the present in the past or in the future it's it's something that's very um i don't want to say tangible but like uh continuous yeah continue transcendent maybe is a good word for it well i'm glad i had you on this on this uh podcast because you you're gonna educate me today that's for sure <laughs> Those big oh, well just you know it's just i don't know like something that's beyond just immediate yeah. And the here and now, right? Like, especially, okay, if we're going to define it and we assume that, which is a big assumption that we don't live in this like dystopian Orwellian hellscape where words no longer have any meaning. If we're going to say, okay, words have meaning and we should probably kind of define uh, them using our language. And, and uh, then, you know, what's the price of admission? What do you do with the price of admission? You pay it, you know, it's something you pay. Um, it's something, it's payment. And, um, and it's, it's also something that, you know, you paid 
you are paying and will pay uh and, and it's it's uh <laughs> it's not an investment either um you know you think about what those like four or five five years for us or nine years if you're clint Sovi, um <laughs> what those you know what those years were they weren't an investment uh an investment something to get back uh they were just payment you know just pay just pay me and uh wow. you paid it you yeah like right now and with everything like pay up empty your pockets everything and uh i want your i want your physical body i want you to lay that down um i want your all of your mental faculties and capacity i want you to lay that down i want your full emotional investment i want you to lay that down uh i want your pride lay that down you know it's like you you the real the that real era of navy football you can't talk about it unless you talk about the fact that like guys showed up every day and you just got you just got belittled and humiliated and broken down shotgun style yeah so that was it <clears throat> What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's, um, you know, it's interesting that uh, having listened to all the podcasts, and I do, I listen to all of them, um, <clears throat> and you hear guys, everybody's kind of individual take on, on the price of admission, um, <clears throat> and you said it at the beginning, you know, that you've got those, you've got those themes, right? Um, yeah. Uh, right. Like Clint Bruce kind of said it best. The price is always pain. Um, and yeah, that one's a uh, big one. Yeah. And, you know, payment, suffering, endurance, uh, pain, the Navy football is such an incredible gift that we were given because it wrapped up all of the brutal uh, struggling endurance humiliation issues that everyone who lives long enough is going to face. And it boxed them up in five years for us. Yep. And just delivered it every single day to you. Just force fed it every day. Never had to worry about the mail showing up. Man. I mean, that package was coming every day, whether you wanted it or not. And if you could hack it, if you could hack it, you've been given every single tool that you need in order to in order to endure life uh in order to not just endure life but but to seek succeed and i don't mean succeed in the way that we think about it in a fortune 500 company or as a ceo or coo or as a committing officer i mean i mean the real success in life 
um, that has to do with coming out on the other end with your family, with your wife, with your children to be successful in life in the way that has your kids and your wife at your bedside on your deathbed, holding your hand because they want to be there because you were the kind of man that they want to be around on that last day when you're taking your last breaths. Uh, Navy football just packaged that up and, and, you know, just sent you into the fire every day. And so if you could pay it, if you could pay that price for admission every day, man, uh, you get it, you know, you'll get it. You'll get life. I had a, uh, you know, somewhat of a life-changing experience starting about, you know, three weeks ago. And, you know, I went on to LinkedIn. I asked some folks, hey, would you write me a recommendation of from the people that, that mattered, the people that did the work, the people that, you know, like that, that you can kind of, you know, shared that, that shared suffering story with. And man, it was just overwhelming. It was like, Clint Bruce has a, uh, a tag on his, uh, on his LinkedIn profile and the summary for his, whatever he's doing is fortunate. And that's how I felt. And I keep on like carrying that with me through that. Um, because once you pay the price of admission, you know, I, I think about, okay, what's your leadership style, right? So I'm thinking about trying to look around corners is, you know, be the leader that, you know, people say good things about you when you're not in the room. And that's written on a lot of stuff, but it works, man. Um, but it's because of that price of admission. Right? And you think, Tony, I mean, like, <sighs> For you, you know, this is such a that's that's such a, a, a perfect example, man. Uh, when you're paying the price of admission day at, day in and day out, you know, like the question is is kind of like who's mentoring who, who's influencing who. Well, yeah, influence, dude. You don't know. That's a uh, you have no idea. One I keep close to me. Yeah, because you so, and you ask guys like this all the time on the podcast, like who's your like number one, who, who's influenced you, who's who's your mentor, who's your number one mentor, who's like the biggest impact on you, and you'll you'll listen to all these guys and they, they all have these different, they have all these you it's know usually like, more than what, yeah yeah it's usually it depends a lot of people, on what right? part of life I was in or person. something like that. That's right. Yeah, if you're well, that's like the key takeaway in all of this, which is like. Who's who's influencing who? I I I listen to guys say you know that oh that guy or whatever or even if guys say mention me, you know which like uh, a couple of guys had mentioned me. It was like Mikey, you know. <laughs> Nobody's there's not a guy on the planet like probably even more than my brother that has made a bigger impact on my life than Mike Matthews. There's not a yeah. there's not a decision that I made an important it decision that I comes, made over the course yeah. of of almost five years that didn't get run past that guy. And if I didn't follow his advice, usually, you know, went badly for me. And when I did, you know, went well for me, like very few people, well, no one probably 
has had a bigger impact on who I am as a man. But that's the that's the point, right? Like you you think you think that you're as a leader, right? You're, you're like, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to be this certain kind of leader, and who's 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 you know that's uh, that's influencing somebody or 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 mentoring somebody or impacting somebody. But man, you turn around half the time, and if you're really contemplative about it and think about it. You will find that very often those guys that you're in those conversations where, where you're like, oh, I'm the, in, I'm the guy here. I'm doing the mentoring. It's like, no, that guy had a huge impact on me. Um, and that's the case with like the Navy football team. You just go across the board of all these guys who are like, oh, yeah, well, you were a huge impact on me as a Marine officer. It's like, dude, I looked up to all those guys. I looked up to you. Like, man, Tony, I mean, like, you don't know you don't know uh the impact that you're having on guys you can't possibly know it um when uh you know when you're going through something rough but the reality is when you're going through a rough spot everybody's probably watching you and yeah. and you're setting an example and influencing guys the most probably then because they're seeing they're seeing you go through something and they're watching how you respond uh, and they're internalizing it because they're either going through something like that themselves or whatever. And so like focusing on focusing on and the the trend throughout all this, as far as leadership is concerned and as far as the price of admission is concerned, and this is the way that the, the team operated, you know, for us that five years, which is, which literally inverts today's mantra, which is, help yourself before you can help others, right? Like put the mask on your own face and then help the child next to you. Right. Uh, yeah. Which I would do on an airplane. If (laughs) Well, but the truth is is that that you can, you can probably hold your breath longer than the kid can. And I was trying to pull out some Jordan Stevens right there. So apologies. (laughs) But the reality is, is that like Navy football, the price of admission is, is the opposite. It's, when you're down and you've you just came off a of surgery and you're broken and you've got nothing, uh, that's when you've got to pour that much more. It's a very biblical. It's like it's very Christ centric, where it's like when everything is down, then I go full. I go in full. You know, Ram was talking Shame about well. looking across, looking across and seeing Ross. I think uh, in the Rutgers in the Rutgers game. And he just yeah. looked, you know, you can look into Ross's eyes and look into your eyes, you know, you two dudes who are like, it's yeah. like, look Ross at Tony and Ross breather. and Clint. Um, but I mean, yeah, like Ross, right? Like you can just mention his name and everybody's like, gets, gets 10 feet tall, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's I one of those things where I'm guy. sure if you ask Ross, like how he felt during the Rutgers game, he was like, oh, I was probably going to like lay down and cry. But it's like, you could see it in his eyes. And it's, it's like when I'm down, that's when I give more. You want to, you don't you don't help yourself and then help others. When you need the most help, that's when you pour the most into everybody else. You know, it's the it's the Brian Stan approach to to the firefight. It's when when everything is going bad for me, that's when I'm like that's when I'm laser focused on my Marines. And I mean yep. uh yeah, and it's like uh do Navy football and the price of admission is about paying it 
when you're down about setting the example and and emanating leadership when you're down when the when the chips are down when you're when you're dog tired when things seem to be going wrong um you know it's 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 Rashawn, it's it's or it's Drexel King, you know, uh, in a pit game, or after an unthinkable, you know, tragedy in his family life, and just coming out and just laying it down. How it know, shaped in a bowl game. Uh, those guys. Uh, that that school of thought inverts the way that our society tells you to behave as a leader. It, it it totally turns it on its head. It says nope, nope. It's not about it's not about self help. It's not about self care. The best way to help yourself is to is to pour, as Austin would say, pour into other people. You know, pouring into pouring themselves yep. into young young people. And uh, and Tony, you know, dude, you are such an inspiration. Um, and all these guys are. You know, it's like they all tell their stories. Um, it's you don't you don't know who's influencing who and we never really gotcha. do. you know you don't know until later on but dude yeah let's change the subject all right let's keep going all right <laughs> i say that because you're making me like go to places where uh i don't want to be so okay. <laughs> uh, price of admission let's go um so i had to try that that whole recording out you know the the capability exists. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, that was never, good audio, man. I mean, I don't like to hear myself talk. Before. But. <laughs> yeah, but I had to like I had to dabble into you know what's possible with mm -hmm. this program I already have, right? And um, you know, so you know, a big part of what I do is I'm always thinking like problem solving is is the way we work. I think um, how do I be more effective or whatever in this process so mm -hmm. I, I hope that was good dude it's getting um, better all the time man it's awesome yeah um trust in the process you said um so back to that recording there's a, a piece that pops out that there were some you know a few other folks said um otherwise and that was it wasn't an investment you think any differently about that now or no yeah no i would to totally that? fight austin over this um yeah it's totally <laughs> it's not an investment because you don't get it back i mean maybe but all the good things in life you don't get back all the th all the best stuff in life gotcha. is pure sacrifice all the really important like dude okay you could you you you're making people we say this all the time i'm, I'm making an investment in my in my children i'm making an investment in my marriage uh no you're not because your marriage and your children is not about you it's not about getting something good back i mean yeah maybe my kids will be with me on my deathbed and i hope that they will but what i'm talking about what i'm the, the kind of thing that i'm trying to build uh is not something that that benefits me right this is uh societies societies become great when old men plant the trees the shade of which they'll never enjoy this yep. is about doing something it's way beyond you. It's about it's about putting something down, about paying a payment that you will never see any kind of return on. Did I did 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 we get some great things out of Navy football? Absolutely. Like, did I get a return on that investment? 
absolutely. Yeah. I mean, am I a better man for it? Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, obviously that's, that is true. That said, it wasn't like, you know, I'm not doing fourth quarters, you know, uh, like for like, return uh, on investment. Ian, yeah. Ian Meredith isn't on his in, deathbed doing fourth quarters so that, yeah, you know, that's he's questionable like, from a health standpoint. It's like, I just went through this, like, you know, the, the, the whole high impact training thing. Um, then maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, but it's like, there's a, <laughs> the, the effort versus benefit, like got to weigh that a little bit. Right. Yeah, no, I, it's not, it's, it's, we weren't trying to, to build something that would benefit us. We were, th th this is pure biblical sacrifice, yeah. right? It is laying it down and, and, and laying everything you've got down, um, knowing that you're probably not going to get anything in return, but because it comes from, it's an action that comes from a pure, place in your heart a pure place of love in your heart and that's what i mean but it's it's not an investment do we get something back from it yeah sure absolutely like every once in a while somebody's like oh you play new but well, that's cool it's like oh great yeah okay but like my body's destroyed okay my brain i probably have cte so does so does clint clint definitely has cte um <laughs> you know like as as ben matthews would say you know always lead with your head it brings the pain um it you know my like my skull my brain is not, I'm going to, we're going to have you and I, Tony are going to have a much shorter life because of what we did. Uh, and understood. Um, and that's just a, that's just a fact. Okay. Um, and, and just like Nishak, I think brought it up and made a really good point, which is like, there, there is no return on investment after a pit loss, right? Like you're coming in there and you're just crushed. Your soul is crushed. You're emotionally crushed. Everything about it is is crushing, but true sacrifice, the great things in life have to do with your sacrifice without any without any assumption that you're going to get anything in return. My, I'm going to get very little in return out of my children, out of putting the time and effort into ensuring that my children are the kind of people that grow up to be Tony Haber's. Uh, my my daughters are the kind of girls that will grow up to hopefully marry Ross Pospisil ish people. Um, you know, the those things are not investments. I'm not investing in them uh, to get something back for myself. I may be putting in an investment to better society, to better the world around me, to better my family and my and and uh, my community. Yeah, maybe if you look at it from that perspective, and we should. Um, but not from a personal standpoint. I don't think, I don't think it is. Um, it's, it's, gotcha. it comes from the place where all the best stuff comes from, which is gut it out, sacrifice, give till you can't give anymore. You're going to get nothing back, but it's worth doing. It's the only stuff worth doing is, is that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Agreed. All right. So I use this thing called a uh, chat GPT today. And I plugged in a, a question for it. And the question was, after 52 episodes of a podcast called Price of Admission, um, the first guest returns to the show. This person paved the way for conversations, um, kind of setting the tone of what the price of admission could be. Many of the guests since the start of this podcast shared three themes. One, 
sacrifice. Two, suffering. Three, pain. What types of thought-provoking questions uh, would be good to ask this guest uh, on episode 53 after 10 months from his original episode? All right. So it spit out a huge list of things, but there were five, uh, one, two, three, you know, six that I uh, kept from the entire list. And here's the first one. Reflecting on your previous visit, how have your thoughts on the price of admission evolved over the past 10 months? Well, I'm intransigent, Tony, so I don't change my thoughts very often. Uh, 100%. Next question. Can you share <laughs> Can you share an instance of pain you've experienced since our last conversation that contributed significantly to your growth or development? Uh, man, uh, yeah, I think, uh, interestingly enough, I've had a couple of, actually several, um, several guys from my hometown, uh, guys that I played with, um, guys I played ball with, you know, in high school and, and grew up with, uh, take their own lives. And, um, I don't think that it's changed my perspective at all as much as confirmed what I, what I believe already, yeah. which is that there is a massive, massive hole in our society and the, the medicine that is being doled out to these, to these men of our generation, um, and the medicine that they've been taking for the past several decades, uh, has been worse than the disease. And what I mean by that is the things that we're telling each other and that we're allowing society to tell us um, uh, are, are lies. And, uh, and, and we need to start telling the truth. Uh, and that is that um, you, you can't live a life that's, that is, um, that is you centric and focused on you and the things that motivate you and, and, and make you happy. Um, if you do that, <clears throat> you will end up in a, in a you centric centric world and you'll find out that you're not that great of a person. And when you figure that out and you figure out that you are, you're the only person you've got, uh, that will very rapidly spiral, uh, spiral out of control. Uh, Austin said it best when he was talking about me and the things that I had said, about how I had made, wrapped up my my identity too much in the Marine Corps. Yeah. He's absolutely right. I had a question about He's that. Dead on, man. That guy just hit it on the head. I was listening to that, and I was like, man, I wish, <laughs> you know, like I wish Oss had picked up the phone over the past ten years and been like, dude, like, get over that, get over yourself, get over your occupation, get over success. You know, you need to focus yourself on the things that are right in front of you. Uh, the more important things and that is your family and the people that love you uh, and you need to pour yourself into them. Uh, and the other, the other part to that is that you can pursue pleasure. Um, you can pursue pleasure indefinitely. Um, <clears throat> and uh, that, that that's, what's going to fill the coffers and it's not pleasure is never going to fill the coffers. You know, what fills the coffers pain, Del suffering, delayed gratitude, delayed gratification you know you the price is always pain you know that'll fill the coffers so if you're if you're seeking out things that are gonna they're gonna 
push you, that are going to force you to endure. If you are, uh, if you're making the focus of effort, um, uh, how everyone else is responding to pain rather than how you're responding to pain, uh, you're going to fill the coffers. You're going to, you're going to find meaning in life. Um, and, and so watching that happen kind of real time, watching these guys take their lives and, and, and seeing, um, how these guys were viewing their lives, um, which absolutely in a split second could happen to us if we continue to listen to the people who are telling us these things. Um, and, and, you know, I think all of us have felt that at a time, you know, time or another, um, <clears throat> that the, the price is always pain. Um, man, it just, it, it's, it's, it's that concept is like concrete hardening with every passing moment in my mind. I mean, it, it just becomes harder and harder and harder in my mind. Um, and, uh, and, and it's painful to watch. Um, and you want to, want to grab each one of these guys. The problem is these guys have been listening to, to some, some really bad advice and pursuing a, a, a bad path for a long time, but it's never too late. It's never too late for any of us to wake up and say, it's not about me. And I've got a chance to, sure, well. to even when I'm down to, to pour myself into, into, into the people around me. Um, and that's where we're going to find our meeting. Uh, awesome. Not, not, so, well, you, you, uh, so I had that written down as, Hey, what's your identity? I think you just answered that. So I'll check that one off the list. I'm a list guy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so another one that, uh, this AI spit out to me was something I've already been asking folks. Um, so listening to other guests talk about their price of admission, did any particular story or moment resonate with you and why? Yeah. Uh, man, I could go, I could just hit them all. Um, I could just go, <laughs> you know, every single one of these guys has been, has been impactful. Um, I'll tell you one of the things that, uh, one of the moments that, that was really crystallizing for me. Um, well, there's two, I'd say one is that, uh, when Mikey went down his list of guys, um, that was pretty baller. Uh, yeah, I, I was like listening to it. And, uh, but I was like, I was like walking around. I had my phone in my pocket and I had my earphones and, and Amanda was like, are you crying? I was like, no, I'm not crying. She's like, you kind of look like you're crying. I was like, you, no, I'm not crying. You've said that before. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you'll notice that what he was talking about, again, Mikey wasn't, Mikey's always focused on what's around him, the things that are right in front of his face. What's he talking about? He's talking about his kids and what he wants them to be like. Um, and, you know, when, when we're when we're focused on the things that really matter, and we're focused on our family, and we're focused on on not ourselves but others, um, when we're focused on sacrificing for them, um, we're in a we're in a good place. We're in a really good place. Uh, and the other thing that stood out to me was um, was when you had the when you had all those pipe hitters on. You had Nishak and you had Clint Sobey. Oh, first and you huddle. Had all the, uh, yeah, Jared, yeah. the the first huddle. I need to do another one. You know, maybe in a week or so, we'll, I'll <laughs> well, try and schedule that. Yeah, you should. You got to do that more often. That like the Hollywood squares. It's hilarious because because uh, um, it's it kind of replicates the locker room a little bit. But um, 
but you you are you continue to probe and push Nietzsche to like, well, but what really like what really motivates you? Like what's your thing, which I can't remember what it was, what the what you were talking about in that book, but it's like what's your what's your thing? It's that thing and Nietzsche acts like my wife and kids. And you're like, yeah, but like, okay, okay. Aside from wiping, get like, what's your thing? And Nishak's, you know, just in true Nishak, yeah, fashion. He's like, my wife and kids, and yep. uh, <laughs> which it was. I mean, I literally, I'll I'll tell you, Tony. I probably just stood up and was like, you know, I was just like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, right, man. Shamwell. Like, dude, <laughs> try try as you might, try as you might to take a guy who's dialed into what matters and tell him that there might be something else that he should be dialed into. And he was like, Nope, Nope, not that's, what I'm, that's what I'm dialed into. That's what I have conviction with this. Thing. That's, what, that's right. You're trying to probe me and I'm that's not right. straying that's from the right. path. That's right. Which is true. Nisha, you know, Nisha just, Nope, like I'm doing this. And, uh, and that, Man, that moment stood out to me. It was crazy. You know, it's like that was a long podcast. So it was like two and a half hours or something with those guys. Uh, they're all, and Nishak's probably like, you know, Colt 45 in, but that, it was, that moment stood out to me as what are you about? You know, like the price of admission isn't just something that we did, it, it was about something, right? It's about, for us, it was, it was about like, the, the bonds and 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 um and uh the friendship and the 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 culture that we created but it was it was about something more it was about what kind of man are you um what kind of man did, did that did that system create what kind of man does that that uh uh that group of experiences and 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 bringing those kinds of people together and then and then putting yes. them under intense pressure yeah, for well. a long period of time what does that what does that create uh, it creates Matt Nishak and a guy that when you ask him over and over again, what are you about? He's like, I'm about my wife and kids, man. And it's like, dude, if, could you imagine the society we would live in if that's if that was your answer and you tried to focus guys on something else and he was just like, nope, that's it. That's what I'm about. Yeah. he. So I, I text him pretty often. After that episode, he'd ask me, he's like, what's your weird, like, what's, what's your loves, right? And uh, over the past few weeks, I've updated my LinkedIn account. Yeah. Um, and in the title, I had to include this thing called bringing people together. Um, because that, that day after that conversation, I'm thinking, you know, I like X, Y, and Z. But then, you know, after sleeping on it, I really thought about that a little bit further. And uh, bringing people together is something I really enjoyed doing. So on to the next question um, from the AI. Uh, what advice do you have for those who are currently facing their own price of admission? Well, I'll tie the last thing you said in with this question, which is that you like bringing people together, Tony. I'll tell you that, that uh, we, we, I think we did the podcast before the Memphis game, right? And then you released it afterwards, right? Back in October. Yep. I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I think so because most guys hadn't, you know, we, we were talking about it, but no one had heard any of the podcasts yet. Yep. Um, the fact that you drove 
the distance that you did and all, a bunch of those guys did you know drove it's 12 hours distance. dude dude <laughs> um so that you'd be there you know and you knew you knew that i was hurting needed to see guys and i'm not saying it had anything you know had anything to do with me but i i know you knew you knew that i was hurting and that my the you know the medicine i was craving was fellowship with you guys and uh with, yeah, with that special group of dudes yeah and i'll i'll tie that back to to my advice to guys who are going through something um right now uh and that is look around you and if you don't see the person that you, that you really need right beside you right there next to you right now they're there you just got to reach out and ask you know like yep they're there and then figure out how you can try to focus on them how you can try to you know how you can try to 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 encourage them uh and you'll find that you'll find that that paying the price of admission uh can be at a time uh, at times uh, an investment something you'll get back because um yeah man i mean I was, I was in a dark spot for a long time there and and getting to see you guys at that game and tony you rallying guys and kevin rallying guys and niche and you know all those dudes that were there ross getting to see ross uh yeah and he's not and, in america very often no i mean guys never timing, there, right? it was like yeah i mean dude you know there's so many ross, so, you know, so many like convenient stories of timing where good things are happening. Yeah. With, with the guys, it's just like, all right. Um, similar values, similar ethics, similar shared struggle. And then all of a sudden this beautiful thing happens. Um, it's very unique in in the way that things come to fruition. Right. Yeah. Well, it's almost like there's a God who loves us out there. Um, Shamwell. And, dude, I mean, that man, that meant a lot. You know, it, was, it meant a lot to get to hang out, to sit next to you at the game and hang out with you and, like, you know, have have those guys, you know. Yeah, and see all those kids, like, talking crazy, shit. And, you know? Yeah, it was like, it was awesome. It was, um, and um, God's grace abounds. Um, but you've got to ask for it. You know, yeah, like we got to ask um, for it. So a really, really good dude, uh, really good guy said it well. Um, his name's Mister Craig Carter. It's free. Just got to walk through the door. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Yeah, man. All right, and it and Look. that man. That's Mister Carter in a nutshell. You know, Holy smokes. Yeah. All right, next question. Let's keep on moving. Um, okay. How do you think society as a whole could benefit from understanding and accepting these concepts of sacrifice, <laughs> suffering, and pain? <laughs> oh, man. This one's going to, this one might go a little bit, but I'm going to cut you off at some point. So go. Dude, it's not, it's not even something that, it's beyond yeah i think 
a decade ago, we would have we would have joked about it and 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 had a good laugh about it, and and I, maybe my ire would have raised and I would have been kind of gone off on a tangent. But uh, I'm very solemn these days. I have a I have a real feeling of um, of of the gravity of the situation um, because it is not a it is not a joke. We are uh, we are vapid as a society. I mean, we are hollow and uh and uh without substance almost entirely and the th I, I i truly believe this that it's it's only the guys and and women who have that same right because it's not just about like having gone through navy football but it's it's those values those the the that perspective the the um uh that mindset um that's holding this thing together by a thread right now. And we have got to stop just living. Um, like what I was saying about the truth earlier, where, you know, I think I used to kind of just be like, ah, whatever, like that guy's an idiot. Like, and just kind of move on with my life. And I find myself now, and, and I don't really like to do it. I genuinely don't. I, I much prefer to just walk away and, and just, you know, live and let live. And But I find myself stopping and turning around and saying, no, no, actually, you're full of it. That's a total lie. And either you're ignorant or you're malicious um, and and doing something about it. And we have got to start doing something about it. We have got to start looking at, and let, you know, I talked about this in our original, you know, thing, but we've got to start impacting our small sphere, our, our family, the, our inner circle at, at, at work, our church, you know, the small guys that we have, an, you know, that we have a, a wherever your small community is and start in that small circle, look in the mirror first uh, and recognize that you're, you're a total fall, you know, fallen vessel um, and probably not worthy of it, but somebody's got to do it and then yeah. go out and start proclaiming the truth because we're just inundated with lies and the lies are hollowing us out. I mean, just completely hollowing us out. You can't, uh, you can't have a society that that's predicated on, on, on lies. And, um, they're, they're, they're also malicious lies because they're designed to, to tear us apart and, uh, to, to pit us against each other, to make us see whatever it is. Like, I don't care your gender or your genitalia, your, the melanin levels in your skin. Um, you know, what we call race, um, which is the most absurd thing in the world, right? Like there's only one race, uh, it's called the human race. Um, and, yep. and the, the, the amount of melanin in your skin or whatever your bloodlines are, the people who focus on those types of things, those societies all end up, you know, butchering themselves by the millions. So, um, yeah. probably a bad path it's, to go down. You talked about you, that in the, in the last episode. Oh yeah. Man, I experience. I lived in the Balkans. You know, the aftermath. Like, these are all, yeah. yeah, these are all, these are all people who look exactly alike and they're talking to each other. They're like, oh, well, you're 98% Serb by your bloodlines. It's like, you guys and have that was before TikTok. Same, you have the same genetic code, like, all, like entirely. But, yeah. you know, like that happens with those people. Watch what happens when there's, when there's something visually that you can tie to it. Okay. People are, at their core, wretched, fallen, disgusting people. And the only way that that 
we don't end up in that like tribal murdering each other paths uh is one by the grace of god and two by us recognizing the fact that we're human that we're all human beings um and uh, and and not focusing on ourselves but focusing on others and our, our our neighbors and loving them and helping them out and this country is is the only country in the world where we said this is going to be a country that's that's based on laws and not uh not based on the your genetic code makeup um mm -hmm. and we didn't adhere to that uh very well but a lot of people worked really hard to make sure that we could and uh and our laws are are pretty well there and it's not the most perfect thing in the world but boy it's a lot better than the alternative i can the tell you because i've seen the rest of I the just, world and i can tell you it's yeah. a lot better than those places so let's continue to work towards it instead of just constantly trying to tear it to shreds that you've seen the rest of the world done. is there sorry okay. i was just gonna say you've seen the rest of the world is there a certain thing that pops out in your mind like a specific example that helps you you know stay true to that um st the statements you were making with regard to that uh, like hey so for me i one, one thing that i had when i was a kid i think it, i just brought it up on a different episode was went down to mexico you know texas boy um you know we used to go deer hunting down in, in del rio texas and we'd hop over the border every now and then i saw this toddler two years old sticking her hand in you know in the water that was running down a curb on the street and she was drinking it and i was like things can be worse right did you have an, an experience like that somewhere else that made you really appreciate the us of a Dude, I, I'll tell you, I when living in, in Croatia, um, like I said, we would go to Bosnia very often. And um, and you're when you're in that situation like the, what I was in, um, you're very like tied in and dialed into the the geopolitics of the world. And um, and at the time it was you know, it was it was in the Obama administration. So um, we're, we're looking around and you're, you're looking at the makeup of their, of their government and, and everything that they're, you know, their, their entire like power apparatus, you know, their, their, their national security apparatus, whatever. And like in Croatia, for example, they're, it's literally, there's a hundred percent Croats that are in those offices. Uh, yeah. by Croats, I mean, Catholic. Is right? that representative of the population? It is, yeah, because there's. It is. I mean, okay. not entirely. I don't know. It's That's like 90, It's like ninety. It's like ninety-five percent. It's like ninety-five percent Catholic, right? There's like three percent Serb. There's like three percent Bosnian. Got it. You know, something like I, I, that. That math doesn't add up, but I'm a moron, so just forgive me. Um, and then same thing in Bosnia, but Bosnia. The, the difference <clears throat> is that it's this. That it's this. It's a. It's a purposeful multi-ethnic state. They built Bosnia. Tito built Bosnia to be the one state where he could constantly play the tribes off of each other um, and, and keep the balance. When you say of power. that play the tribes off of each other in a malicious way or in a, yeah, I mean, you think purely just a purely like zero sum uh, real politic way. Like if one group, if the Slovenes were getting too powerful, he would give greater power in Bosnia to the Croats or the surge with or the intent like to try to keep the peace with or the, something yeah maybe. that's right with the intent yeah so it was coming okay. from a good place right it was it was this is a multi-ethnic state and 
like Yugoslavia at the time in the, you know, in the seventies and eighties was this multi-ethnic state. And he's like, and this doesn't happen pretty much anywhere else in the world. So I've got to use real politic to keep things balanced. And so he would like, uh, you know, work all these guys off or work, you know, uh, work power balancing um, through the, through the ethnic groups and the tribes. Right. Well, yeah. In Bosnia. So in Bosnia, they've got uh, like a, uh, a a presidency that rotates and they've got all these government officials that rotate through the ethnicities right and it's because they have to do that um they've got to they've got to do this rotation to make sure everyone gets a fair share and that guy gets to be the president for four years because he's a bosnian and that guy gets to be you know and it's built into their constitution and uh and we were talking about it you know in in this in you know one of the classes or something like that uh and it and I just, you know, got to stand up and just said, yeah, like, we don't do that. We don't do that in America. Like, you don't get, we don't get everyone gets their turn. We have a pure meritocracy. And if the, and if the country believes that the most competent man in America to run our government at this moment in time uh, happens to not look like them, they don't care. They just vote for the most competent guy, right? Um and it was one of those moments and it's it's a shame because i think we've really divulged since that point and I, I don't think that that uh president obama doesn't share blame in that but uh but it was one of those moments where i stood up and i was like yeah not us uh-uh. like sorry we just picked the we just picked the best guy now i don't think he was the best guy but that's not how but that doesn't matter like i had a vote that other guy had a vote that girl had a vote and overwhelmingly they thought that he was the most competent guy and in retrospect yeah. he was the most competent guy john mccain's more yeah um yeah but, I, I agree but, yeah and so is Mitt Romney. like <laughs> these are just horrible human beings um but regardless um and it was one of those moments where i was kind of I, and i i've done this you know but that especially for me right because i'm like this diehard conservative republican you know but i was like i was yeah. like puffing my chest i was like i didn't vote for that guy but that doesn't matter because in America, Obama's we just pick smart. the best dude. And like, and you kind of feel like going and being like, let me tell you about how college football works. That's a pure, absolute meritocracy. You're the best player, you play, and no one gives a rip about your skin color. And guess what? Those guys are my best friends. And, uh, you know, I don't care that Ram is a dirty Mexican. And, uh, you know, like, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, it, you know, it's like... The, the the most the most vicious uh, racial slurs and epithets got thrown back and forth in that locker room in jest. <laughs> like nobody's mocked me more than Jerry Miles has uh, for being a white boy. Um, yeah, his voice. The, tr the truth of the matter. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, Cam. I guess we'll see you over there in chemistry class. Um, but uh, in this in our country, it's about what you do, man. And. Yeah. The best the player is on the field and the best guy is in that spot. And that's not always, you know, it doesn't always happen. We're an aspirational country, but it's different everywhere else in the world. It's different. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's awesome. And we should want that. You know, we should, we should yearn for that. We shouldn't yearn for everyone gets their, everyone gets their turn because those places suck. You know, they all suck. And America's awesome. And we're awesome because the, the best people, you know, the, the best guy is in the, is in the position uh, that he's earned, ostensibly. Yeah, 100%. All right, that was a society question. 
Uh, I didn't have to cut you off, so. Yeah, well, that's you know, good. You're winning. First time. Uh, <laughs> first time ever. All right, last one from the chat. GPT spit out of of uh, my question from the original. I don't like this interacting you know. with a cyborg, but just continue. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, I, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to use it, so I figured I'd, you know, dabble into it today. Uh, can you share some coping strategies or mechanisms that have helped you deal with the price of admission in your life? Pray. Shamwa. Humble yourself. Shamwa. And then surround yourself with the people you want to be like. Shamwa. Like, I mean, dude, that's Navy football in a nutshell. That's like, pray that the Lord gets you through the next day and that he, you know, that he keeps your bones intact. Uh, be thankful and grateful that you've been given a chance to just be in the room, be on the field with, with, with men like you, Tony. Uh, and then recognize like the D line, like Jordo talked about, Hey, Jordo, uh, you're going to run with the beast today. Uh, like coach Pierce, <laughs> you know, that's so true. Uh, Hey Cam, uh, we're going to run you in a four technique, uh, with this, with the C today. Okay, good. All right. Okay. Yeah. Whatever coach, you know, it's like it. everybody's going to tap their head. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to tap their head and it's like, be ready, dude. You could be four on the depth chart. Like everybody's going to, everybody's going to get a shot at this thing. Um, and then, uh, and then look around and see all the amazing people that are around you, uh, recognize how you're not like them and you want to get like them and surround yourself with those people and through osmosis by golly you spend enough time with mike matthews um then you end up making you just end up becoming a pretty solid dude you know and if you were a scumbag sure. before and you spend you spend five years you know every day with with mikey um you'll turn out to be a pretty solid dude yeah everybody can turn it around right it's yeah. a matter of the Willingness, willpower, and uh, figuring yeah. out that true north. Is, Ro is Ross Pospisil within a thousand meters of you? Go get close to him, and and, and soak it up, are, dude. Soak it up. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're gonna hit the second clip now. Um, the second clip from your original episode was um, up around keeping your head in the game, right? When those things aren't going well. Um, and this is, is what you talked about back then. So let's go. Struggling with nowadays, <laughs> maybe an yeah. example or two or just, well, you, just, you know, I mean, you said before the pocket, we won't, you know, that I'm not gonna be politically correct. So I'll just, I'm just gonna, um, yeah, man. I mean, the past year for me has been, uh, has been you know, massively stabilizing. So, uh, you know, and I don't know how, how familiar you are with my situation right now. Probably guys aren't, but, um, a year ago when the, when the, uh, um, the SECDEF announced that he was going to make the, the COVID vaccine mandatory. Um, I pretty much right then and there, uh, along with Amanda, you know, she, she's been a rock, um, this whole time. I just said, Hey, look, I, you know, these guys, this is just raw politicization of, of the force. And, and, uh, these guys, especially these 18 year olds, these guys don't need it. They don't want it. Um, so I decided I was gonna, I was gonna stand up and, and say no. Um, and that process 
you know, like at first there's like, you know, like everything, there's like highs and lows, there's the rush of it. There's, but, um, maybe, I don't know, a couple of months ago, you know, you're almost a year into it at that point. And, uh, you know, I'd been the, the chief of mission essentially dumped me from, from the attache service and, and, uh, you know, this, and, and also, you know, something that had kind of been my entire identity had been wrapped up in being a Marine. And, and being good at it and, and uh successful marine corps officer and uh the institution really just it's kind of set its teeth on me and uh it came after me pretty hard um and also went out of its way to make sure that i couldn't retire that um that i was going to get nothing like nothing and and they were going to make it hurt as much as they possibly could um so like i don't know two or three months ago when every all the you know all the administrative processes had run their course and like you know at every turn these guys had just went out of their way to be like nope you're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna separate you we're gonna give you another than honorable like we're gonna do whatever we can do to make this hurt as bad as we possibly can because you're not because you're you're not compliant you know you're not with the program and uh and you know i knew i was i knew i was right you know i think being on the side of the you know the nuremberg code helps but you know, but uh, still, you know, I was like, I knew I was right, like in my, in my heart. And, uh, but it's a tremendous amount of pressure, um, that was on me. And, and, uh, and it was also a really humiliating, you know, experience where it's just like, boy, the whole, the whole thing that I tied so much of my, my identity up, that whole thing was being turned against me. And, uh, and the whole institution was coming after me. And then I became like a pariah, you know, like I was used to being kind of the man in whatever unit I was. In, and it was like, now it's pariah. Yes. And, uh, and you know got into a really dark period because it looked like hey look all, all this stuff is coming to an end like it's going to go bad for you and they, they started the you know i was i was put on the naughty list the bad boy list yeah you know, i got put on odn and and uh and start start the show cause stuff you know when when an officer gets in trouble they have there's it's a long process to to like fire up an officer like they got to have show cause and they got to have like uh this big letter and a three star's got to sign in all this kind of stuff and all this stuff is coming to a head and uh you just just really hit a, a real real low point because it was like it would never it would never it just never seemed to end and never seemed to get anywhere but it's just constant humiliation every single day and uh i you know i just started thinking about um about like where you know aside from amanda because she was such a such a rock like where my support came from and you know i started thinking of uh you know uh, uh I started thinking of Blake and uh, so I just like middle of the night, I just reached out and sent an email, I think just saying, Hey, like who's, who, who wants to go to a game? You know, like I, I just need to be around these guys and uh, it, and you know, I got like an email back almost immediately from my like, Kevin Campbell and, but, you know, but it was like, <clears throat> sometimes we forget that all these guys are there. And, uh, and sometimes you're so used to, to being successful or you're so used to just, you know, kind of like, like we were talking about earlier, you just kind of get just grinding and everything's going to be all right. And you just kind of grind, um, that, that when you hit a real, real deep, uh, period, like you were just talking about, like 
you you can you can very rapidly spiral um spiral downhill and uh i'm glad i sent that email man because uh a bunch of guys replied and it was like the guys that i wanted you know i, I wanted everybody to reply but it was like guys that i really needed to hear from yep um okay you know we're going like we're going to the memphis game next week uh can't wait and yeah yeah and uh and, and then you know lo and behold like three weeks later court there's a court injunction and so like at least for the time being i'm i'm in like a status quo uh like i'm not i'm not facing a, uh either a, an administrative separation or, or a, a court martial or any of those types of things and and quite possibly might be allowed to to kind of continue with a rank or career yeah after after going through that What's spinning in your wheelhouse? Um, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, probably probably any organization's worst nightmare is when they do something ill-advised. Someone stands up and says you may not do that and I will not comply with that. And then that person is allowed to eventually wins out and is, and is given an opportunity to, to continue to be in that organization. Um, I will say that, uh, right. Because it's like, it, it's what, it's what, you know, these guys were saying when, when it looked like, uh, you know, a couple of, of courageous congressmen, which you don't say those two words next to each other very often, uh, had the had the guts to stand up and put an end to this thing. Was that well, all these guys are gonna now now the gloves are off. Like who knows? Now every time we try to tell them to do something, and now they're gonna feel emboldened to say, "No, I don't need to do that." No, I don't need to do that. Um, <clears throat> I will say that for my part. Um, though I, I do believe, like I said earlier, that there needs to be a reckoning. Um, I have, I've had a much more conciliatory, you know, tone perspective since, since then, um, part of conciliatory. it. Yeah. And that? That, like make up and play nice, you know? Gotcha. Let's let's sure. not let bygones be bygones, but can we can we can we go forward? Um, I I believe wholeheartedly in forgiveness. You know, marriage is <clears throat> marriage is principally at its core. Marriage is about purging the selfishness from yourself, and and then forgiveness, right? Because this idea yeah. that it's like. Oh, love me for who I am. Like, yeah, the, no, that's like, that will fly the plane into the mountain. Like it's about forgiveness. It's about forgiving that person when they do things that hurt you and then recognizing the fact that you've probably hurt them a bunch and asking for forgiveness that they would, but sure, the part of the part of forgiveness is, is asking for it. So no one's really asked for it except for a few, uh, leaders and they're, they're asking for forgiveness has gone a long way toward, you know, for me, there's been a couple of really key leaders who have stepped forward and just been like, man, that was, we should have never done that. That was, that was ill-advised. I hope, I hope that you'll not 
hold it against the Marine Corps and keep willing keep to share those key leaders and uh, I won't I won't or say at least about them. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a couple. Of, yeah, there's a couple of them that one. I mean, just the, my my immediate commanding officers throughout that whole perspective or throughout that whole process were awesome, just awesome. I mean, they they could have because taken it one way. Yeah, well, and this is the whole point, right? Like, if you've got an organization that is people centric and really understand and knows their people, then this kind of stuff, generally speaking, doesn't happen. It's only it, you know, it's only when it when it gets up one or two levels, and all of a sudden you're just a cog. Then it's like whatever. But the people who know you, and that happens in every organization, are generally going to be are going to one recognize the fact that that person's probably doing it for some some sort of deeply held you know reason. Uh, and two are going to recognize the value in that individual, right? Because that, yeah, that's how that's how humans interact. Um, but I would say that my commanding officers uh, throughout the whole process uh, were were terrific. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I won't I won't say his name because um, because he's you know he's going to be somebody gotcha. very 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 gotcha. important. Um, and his I mean, he just said to me, you know, Cam, we don't rate, we don't rate good leadership. And, uh, and I wish I had been there. Um, but I was, you know, here, I was in the Marine Corps and I wish I would have done more, you know, like, I wish I would have attacked your situation. I wish I, and and to his, in his defense, he said, I wish I would have known, you know, because you didn't contact me. You didn't reach out to me. Um, and he's, he's right. I didn't, um, and, I, and that's a, tend, that, that's the, our biggest weakness, man. Yeah, right. We tend Bottom to suffer in silence. Happened. Suffer in yeah. silence. That's right. Um, and and just the things that he told me, you know, he he he, he sat down and talked with me for I don't know forty five minutes, which is a long time for a guy, you know, at that rank um, to to spend with one guy, and uh, and it went a long way to changing my perspective. Even though I know that the organization, organization, the the, the you know, the, the big part of it is still what it is. Um, the fundamentals are still there. That said, yes. this is a human business. And when, a, when somebody like that reaches out to you and, and pretty much says, Hey, look, like, I'm sorry, that, that should not have happened. You rate, you know, you, you deserved better than that, which, you know, I don't know what I deserve, but he made the point sure that well. we don't rate, we don't rate good leadership. And that is so true in life. We don't rate good leadership. You don't rate it. You know, most of the time in life, you're going to have substandard leadership or mediocre leadership. Um, yep. Question is, uh, what does a man do in that situation? Um, and you can sit there and, and you can belabor the point and really rail against it and kind of rage against the machine and be very frustrated, or you can just handle what's handle what's I love what's within your power to, to affect. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and you can unfortunately. Yeah, that's unfortunately. But you can make the best decisions that you can make, and and try to try to do um, uh, try and, and and try to be the man in the situation. Um, and he's right, you know. I yes. we don't we don't rate good leadership, but what we what we are expected to be is to be the man in the situation. Um, and so that's what it, that's my approach to this is I'm I'm going to be yeah. conciliatory. I'm going to I'm going to try to reconcile and be reconciled, and act like a man in the same way that I would in my marriage. Recognize that I, I'm not 
I'm by no means, you know, the best thing since sliced bread and the organization didn't have to roll out red carpet for me. That said, they, they probably shouldn't violate the Nuremberg code in the future. Um, but, yeah. uh, yeah. So being the I, man, I'm, the man in the arena. Yeah. You've right. got to stand up and, 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 uh, you know, <laughs> Curtis Bass could, could recite it better than I could. Curtis knows it by heart. Um, uh, but the, the, you know, the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, um, and, and then when things didn't go the way that you wanted them to, can you like pick yourself up and just move on with your life and, yep. and try to be better next time? And I think that's what I, that's what I learned from this one. I learned how to, uh, I, I did learn the lesson they probably didn't want me to learn, which is. I'm about truth. I'm about truth, baby. And, uh, yeah. and come at me with a lie and you're going to, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to stand up to it. Um, but the other part is, uh, you also need to be a man and, and, and men are, are forgiving even sometimes when, when, um, when it's not asked for. And sometimes you have to forgive people even when they don't, even when they don't ask for forgiveness. Um, Shamwell. so I'm trying to, I'm trying to be that man. Well, let's lighten it up. What are you doing today? Who's came the man on the street today, dude? I'm just I, we. Uh, I'm just trying to take, turn two and a half acres into a into a small little homestead. You know, got the pigs out back, got the ducks, got the chickens out back, got sweet little baby girls running around the house playing with their dolls. Nice. Uh, I'm trying to be daddy to them. My son got stung by like 15 hornets today. It was like brutal. Yikes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, was we got he, this, was like, he beating the hornet's nest like dad? No, he didn't do it. He did. You know, I mean, that's what you would expect, right? Like he was out there hitting yeah. with a stick. He like, went, oh, what's, just, what's this thing? I don't know anything about. I'm he's just minding his own business. Just got crushed. My daughter got stung by him, uh, uh, by like 10 or 15 of them last week. So I'm derelict as a father. Cause I haven't scorched so earth that, that hornet's now nest located yet. the enemy and you're going to close. And, you know, and I don't know if like an entire can of diesel and a blowtorch is necessarily the safest answer, but it feels hey, right. It just feels right. Yeah. Like just at a guttural level, it's like that's what we probably need to go. I'm for, trying to search for the term with that. It's like uh, the uh, save me here. Um, the when you over bomb, yeah, it's like overcompensating something. or like yeah, you over like a, like you just. Maybe taking it a little, you know, turning it up to 11 far. a little bit. Yeah, a little too yeah. far. But you just yeah. can't, 10, man. Because when you watch turn it to 10, it's not enough. 11 that's is right. And this one goes up to 11. That's right. Like, this knob goes up to 11. This knob goes up to 11. And we're going to go, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, if I start a fire, a forest fire, if I burn down part of the neighborhood, so be it. Like, at this point, and you'll take two account of my children. It, right? yeah. yeah. And they and the little, the little bastard stung me, too. And like my forearm swelled up, like I looked, I looked like you know, like Mike Walsh. Like I had these forearms that he's were like another, Popeye. He's another homesteader. I know. Yes, I know. We 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 were texting about this. He's got a uh, nice. Christmas tree. I farm. need to get him on here. Yeah, but no, man. I mean, we're just trying to. We're, we're I'm back to work, and and uh, and we've got this little homestead, and then we've got our 40 acres out in Western North Carolina that. I'm trying to build our farm on and, and, you know, one, nice. one 96 weekend at a time, um, 
get my bulldozer. Where are you going to farm? Him. Animals, bro. Animals. Animals. I'm a grass farmer. I'm growing grass to convert 10 million little solar panels into into carbonaceous material that animals can convert into protein that I cannot. And uh, so you get nice. cows out there, you get pigs out there, you get chickens out there, you get ducks out there, you get them get them converting that those blades of grass that I can't do anything with and they turn it into yummy stuff for me so all the while bringing the soil healthy you know bringing the soil health up and and uh helping feed my neighbors so nice that's what I have uh, a, a dream of doing the same thing so dude one day come a little bit behind on out but I'll get there no way dude, dude let, all you need to do yeah it's, we'll probably, it's just like Nishak. Nishak's gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it, dude. We're gonna we're gonna get out to Western North Carolina. We're all gonna be in the Blue Ridge, and you know, you boys are gonna be serenading me with acoustic guitars while I throw back a thirty rack. <laughs> it's gonna be I'm, glorious. Uh, we're gonna coach it on the uh, be awesome. I'm working on the ability to build that dream, so uh, it might take me a few more years before I'm ready to commit to that. So we'll see what happens. Well, I'm doing it too, but you just got to dive in, dude. Like I've got two and a half acres here and we just, it's like, you know what? I don't really care what my neighbors think. I've got pigs. Sorry. Uh, like I don't care what my neighbors think. I've got ducks and chickens. <laughs> and I hear you. Like, um, unfortunately, I'm under the microscope of a HOA currently. So those are just recommendations, uh, Tony. They're just recommendations. Dude, yeah. A month, a month ago, I was looking at land, but uh, not in the current state. So. We'll go from there. Um, You'll be back in the another game. random question. I know. Um, there, I'm looking at another, you know, thing I wrote down here. Did Amanda's book sales go up after the last conversation we had, by chance? <laughs> well, it's funny I had to you mention mention her book. <laughs> you should. So this economy, um, man, the people who are in charge—they're just. I mean, they really are geniuses. They're, they're, just, they're just the smartest among us. There's no question. True. That's why they're um, And, um, dude, it just destroyed our, our business model, man. Like, it uh, it cut our overhead costs. Or, it, sorry, it didn't cut mm. her overhead. It exploded our cover overhead costs. Uh, it doubled. It just doubled. So, it just took our profit margin. I mean, it's gone. It just blew it up. Boom. Gone. So, she sold out, man, and we haven't reprinted yet. So, um, did sales go up? She was on the precipice. She, we were on the edge, anyways. Like she'd almost sold them all out. But yeah, after you mentioned it, it was like that was it. The last ones were gone on Amazon, and, and uh, we haven't reprinted. We're trying to figure out a way to do it. Um, it's uh, it's such a good book, dude. She did such a all great right, well, job. Well, I'll say it again. Everybody, go out and buy that book for Mr. Cameron <laughs> Marshall and Amanda because. They can't. They can't. And it's not even the Amazon in the old days, you know, because you used to it's like on Amazon, system, you right? could buy old books. You got you enough orders, it'll pay for it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll pre maybe we'll do a pre order like a crowd. What do they call it? That's like a like a. It's not crowdsourcing. Whatever it is, it's like when you when you like get enough orders enough to fund the project itself. We may do that. Where's all yeah, of our and where's our where's all our MBA dudes? I, I'm, all all the smart guys you've had on will will help you out. <laughs> I'm just wishful thinking Marie. here. I just, you know, I'm probably a few years away from being able to make that type of impact. But like, as I said, I like doing this and like getting you guys on here. And I, you know, I want to keep on doing it. We'll just see where it goes. Dude, it's so um, awesome, Tony. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how big of a deal it is. And I mentioned it earlier that after I did it, the do the guys that, that reached out to me, and it goes back to what I said. It was like, who's influencing who? You know, like guys who are reached, who 
reach out that maybe they were in a tough spot themselves. And what, what ended up happening was, you know, they, they thought that they were reaching out to me when really they were, they were pumping me up, you know, they were, they were there. And, and yeah. that getting to listen to the guys, like I said, it's like being in the room. It's like being in a locker room with again, and then getting to hear the old guys like Jervy and all these guys talk. It's man, it's so yeah. Those are so some awesome. of the best ones. Is is yeah. reaching back, and if I can get yeah. more of those, I'm definitely going to try and do that because you know that old breed that like, hey, history, right? Yeah. Like there was a time when we were on a plane somewhere uh, headed to a game. Uh, and I stopped. I was like, "Hey, man, what are you reading?" I was like, oh, "I'm reading about like Ulysses S. Grant or something like that." It's like, "Who's that?" I'm like, and you're like, looked at me like I had something growing on my forehead, and I was like, "Man, I got a lot of growing up to do." <laughs> right? But you're already into that, the history, and you know, talking about bosnia and, and all those things i bought the book and i haven't read it yet i started to and i got really bored with it uh <laughs> just because it was so detailed and you know yeah 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 obviously if you live there you know and with amanda's history um you were definitely vested in that yeah but uh just a small example of of cams there's ability there's a youtube to there's a youtube really on it, tony yourself. you can just you can just watch the youtube that's what it. i need yeah just watch the short. youtube on it Right. Yeah. There's I like a BBC. To, there's like a BBC version of the book on YouTube. I need you to catch that. up. With That's what I told. <laughs> and re, and just no. do a short on it. No, <laughs> please no. Okay, I won't. <laughs> All right. Um, and just you know, I just re uh, you know coming onto this today and playing those couple clips. I just remastered your first episodes for better audio quality because it was obviously, you know, the first time I tried to do it and you could hear like the fan that I had in the background, uh, lots of fuzz. Uh, That's like me today now, though, you know, hopefully <laughs> You're gonna now have to do that to this episode. It sounds much better, but, um, yeah, dude, good convo. Anything else you want to talk about before we close this thing out? Uh, well, I want to say two things. I want to say thank you, Tony, for doing this, man. Uh, I want to say thank you most especially to Amanda, um, to your Amanda. I want to say thanks to my Amanda. I tell her thank you every night. But, um, good, you know, for letting you do this, uh, what a huge impact uh, you're having. And I know that your first devotion is to your family, um, to your wife and to your kids. Uh, but taking some time to do this for these guys, um Man, it's uh, it is a huge blessing. And the other thing that I'll just say is that um, you know, for all the guys that are listening to it, it's like um, you've been you've been granted one of the most precious gifts, and and everybody knows this, right? They know it intuitively. They know it at a gut level that we were given this amazing gift. Um, don't squander it, you know. Um, uh, you know, kind of take a drink from that glass every once in a while, um, and and just randomly reach out to to these guys every once in a while. If you're thinking of some dude, just text him. Um, there's very few things that that gets you know that that make me smile more than just a random note from like you or like 
you know, whatever Jeff Lenar or something, you know, it's just like these guys are the, the, are truly the, just the best of men among us. Don't, don't squander that. Take a drink from that glass every once in a while. And you're helping us do that, Tony. And, and, uh, man, I couldn't be more thankful. Um, God is just, you know, working through you, man. And it's just awesome. It's, it's awesome to watch. I'm just thankful to be a part of it, dude. I try to keep that in mind. Um, while I, in your words, brawl for the truth. Um, think Amanda tonight. Kids' names, I remember one, John Shea, your first. Yeah. What are the other kids' Shea, names? Gracie, Georgia, and Mary. Gracie. Yep. Dude, you got four kids. They're awesome. We should have had like 12. We're, Did you? you know. <laughs> like, uh, like, um, Drexel? I, I may or may not have tried to have 12, but, um, you know. Gotcha. No, awesome. You know, th those kids are lucky and only because Amanda and, you know, you got a little bit to do with that, but I think she probably has more, yeah. um, as yeah. we both know. Um, no, really good combo tonight. And, uh, yeah, that's where we close well, Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for your dude. time, Tony. Thanks for letting me be a part of it, dude. I really appreciate it. No, I, you've been a big mentor to me over the years, not just the past, you know, couple or, you know, all the way back to what, 2005, right? So that's a long time ago. It's, it's, uh, it's been a blessing to me to be able to keep in touch. So, yeah, man, good. you too. All right, bro. All right.